Some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, rumbles on. Pina colada, large one. Yes, coming in hot. Uh, the backup host is here again. Our regular host, Sean, has uh, ditched us again for uh, the beers, I believe. It seems as though his priorities light the bottom of a bottle. Um, <laughs> speaking of alcoholism, Jobber, how are you doing tonight? Yeah, good. That was, that, that intro was very backup, wasn't it? Like, not, just didn't I don't practice flow. these. Yeah. yeah. No, I, don't, I don't know, but hey, look, yeah, Sean's got his demons, but uh, we're all here. <laughs> yeah, the beers are flowing, that's for sure. And Barney, what about you, mate? Sorry. Yep. Go on. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not on the beers and I'm feeling pretty good. So, full of pizza though. So, different kind of oh, demon. Oh, what'd you get? Uh, what was it? I got a local pizza joint. Your, uh, my partner got a lamb and feta pizza, I believe. And I got a barbecue Gourmet. chicken, as I always do. And how'd yeah. that go down with the spicy, without the spicy cough, Barney? How'd that go down? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's much better when you're spicy cough free. So it tasted delicious. <laughs> Good to hear you're remaining positive. Yeah, on, yeah. On a virus front <laughs> and a mental front. I got my yeah. uh, second, my third test and, uh, this morning, yeah. so fingers crossed for me. Oh, really? Yeah, let us know how that goes if you get the results by the end of the show. Um, but glad to hear the barbecue chicken was all good. Do you want to kick us off with some uh, weekly or bi-weekly happenings? Yeah, they're, they're coming in hot and heavy at the moment. So uh, this first one here, and stay with me because... It is a roller coaster ride. So, ex Stoke legend, uh, and spent a bit of time at United as well, so you might remember him, Jubba. Mama Biram Juf, who was at Stoke for a long time. I think he was at United for three or four years there. Didn't get many games at all. Um, so, the best he of the juice. currently plays. Yeah, the best of the juice. That's it. He currently plays for Hattaspor in uh, the Turkish league, and they had the Turkish Cup last weekend. And, uh, he was heavily involved. So their team went, uh, the keeper who was uh, on the field got sent off in the 94th minute and they'd used all their subs. So Juf had to go into goals uh, and then they got an additional sub, went into extra time, they get an additional sub. Juf uh, comes out of goals, obviously, back on the pitch and then their backup keeper also gets sent off in, in uh, extra time. Juf's back in goals. And then they go to a shootout. Juf takes the first penalty for his team, <laughs> puts it bottom corner, nails it, then jumps. He actually, it was quite funny because I watched the shootout and he walks off towards the middle of the field like, yeah, I've scored, celebrating. He's like, oh, shit, I've got to save the next one. And oh. then they miss two and he almost picks every single one that goes in but d- doesn't save any of them. And then they miss on the last one and his team wins and goes through. So, that, very eventful night for him. Were there any other players on that team or was it just him? I think he's literally carrying that club on his shoulders. I was Ridiculous. hoping you'd, you'd say that um, when he scored his pen that he he just like casually jogged over, picked it out of the net, turned around, rolled it to the penalty spot and just stood there ready to receive. Um, that's uh, I got I to gotta find this one actually. I'm glad I asked you before the pod who, who the player was and you said 
it should be a surprise. So I'm glad you, you left as a surprise. I'm definitely going to go check that out after this. Um, yeah, if you uh, if you want to go look him up, he has a very very low goal tally for a man who's been a striker for almost 20 years. Well, he's because so, he's bloody in goals half the time by the sounds yeah, of it. Yeah, unlucky yeah. for him. Yeah. Alrighty, and the next one up we've got here is there is a new record holder for the fastest player to reach 50 goals in the Bundesliga since 2010. And yes, I am jamming that stat into my narrative. <laughs> so, any guesses here? Yeah, it's got to be uh, Erling Haaland. Um, and I am surprised that I didn't just hear about this in the news, to be honest. So, yeah. Barney, yeah. why why is it since 2010? What's the significance of that? that <laughs> like, you just you just don't like history? Like, <laughs> no, no, no comment. No comment. Well, it is um, ever. They all but, hate, they uh, hate Gerd Muller. They just hate Is Gerd it actually Muller. ever? Yeah, I was going to say, why do you hate Gerd Muller? Um, what's, what's the significance of 2010? Uh, it's just whatever pops up in my newsfeed, really. That's the significance of the 2010 stat. So, <laughs> that, no, that tells no, me no someone doesn't like doing any research. <laughs> No, I do. Like, when did Lewandowski join the Bundesliga? Oh, it didn't exist before then. Yeah. As long as the research is thrown at me, I don't do it. It just gets sent to me. But yeah, some other notable names on that list. You've already yeah, named fair. one. Robert Lewandowski, 91 games. Uh, we got Huntelaar from Schalke, 85 games. Abemiang, Arsenal legend at 86 games. Uh, Iron Robin for Bayern at 90 games. And Wout Weghorst from Wolfsburg. In, in 92 games. So no one's even close to Haaland. Yeah, that was... Um, Barney, yeah. I'd love to see how long it would take Aubameyang to score his next 50 goals on current form. <laughs> or his next goal. I'll, oh, we'll get to that, but oh, my God. Take him 86 games to get his next one. <laughs> oh, God. That's oh, how it don't, works, don't right? Don't blow it yeah, on now, Yeah, Alrighty. don't blow it on now. We're going to save it for the freaking Arsenal game. Well, let's, let's get into the games then. And we got, we're going to start with Southampton to Leicester to and a bit of a return to normality for the Foxes here, moving uh, back to a <laughs> shitty, shitty draw yeah. with a poor, poor game by them. Jabba, what did you think of their, their uh, performance? Mm. A couple of things if I was a Leicester fan. So some of the defending was just diabolical again. Oh, it was bad. Like I think the first two goals in this game were just like extremely scrappy. And the other thing I'd take away from this game is uh, just how frustrating is James Madison. I don't think there's a footballer <laughs> in another team that I don't support that frustrates me more than James Madison. Like you in just what see, way? You just see snippets of like play. And how good like, he can wow, be sort of thing. so good. Yeah. And then other times... I just I can't watch him. Like he's just yeah. painful. He just makes bad decisions. He looks lazy. Like I don't know. It's tough. But um, interesting stat here, Barney. I'm not sure. I haven't fact checked this. I'm going to go with your logic. That was <laughs> Che Adams' first headed goal in English football since 2010. Yeah, which at is least <laughs> since 2010 <laughs> in, in the Bundesliga. Yeah. <laughs> which Bastard. is a ridiculous stat that like he, he's he's never scored a professional headed goal. So the one of the main sticking points for this game was from this goal actually for me, and it's I know I harp on it a lot. Oh yeah, lot I know exactly what you're going to go to. It's Soinchu. Oh, for me. so bad. Like okay, so it, a lot of scenarios come up like this all the time. If you you're you're a defending team, you're like oh cool, guys on the wing, he's crossing it in. We've got four defenders in the box and a goalkeeper. They've got two strikers running into the box. Maybe we should just get someone near them because the only threat to the ball going in the back of the net is it hitting another player. Um, but Leicester's approach here was, 
I'll just let it go over my head and I won't even, I'll run actively away from a striker and I'll try and make sure I keep them on side too, just in case he, he floats mm. offside. It's literally what Soinju looked like he was doing. He looked like he was trying to give um, Shea Adams as much space as he could have and keep him on side. It was, I just, <laughs> I don't understand it. It's just the term, the term you're looking for there is a zone. Uh, yeah, a I know zone. that's what they call it. That's yeah. just like for shit defenders. Just man mark in the box. Jesus. Yeah, but but he's he's working in his own zone, and everyone else is working in the, at the team zone. So he's in his own little world there. But he, <laughs> he 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 turned around and had the audacity to try and blame someone as well. I was like, what are yeah. you fucking doing, mate? Just wear um, that one on the chin. Um, and the other highlight for this one was um Jamie Vardy's selfishness. Um, I can't think if it was might have been Patson Dacker. But he should have squared it up instead of taking that oh, shot. Oh yeah, yeah. Blazed over the bar like that was so disappointing for Vardy. Yeah, that was another one. I think. I think in the Wolves game from Traore, very similar to that. Um, but yeah, I hate to see that. I think when you're running in like a two v one, you've got to weigh up like what the best option is. And there was one of those ones where it was like eighty percent laid off. Like you just had to. Yeah, I hear you. Put your head down and shoot. <laughs> yeah, Rosette, here I come. I uh. As uh, as bad as Leicester were, they still managed to put two past Saints. And what I did like to see on the Saints side was the return of the cutest boy in the EPL, Nathan Teller. Jeez, I love seeing his smile smile in that lineup. Such a good looking fella. Yeah, yeah, Great I'll to pay see. that. Great to see. I, I Great feel to the see. same way. We, about, we comment, but yeah, you're not I feel wrong. the same way about Thomas Suchek's smile. <laughs> Thomas Suchek's smile. <laughs> Pre or post broken nose? <laughs> Sideways, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was a, uh, a pretty back and forth game, this one. And Leicester really should have put it away at the end there. Like we already mentioned, Vardy missed a really good chance. I think Harvey Barnes missed an even better chance as well. Um, but this then takes Leicester up to 10th on the table, I believe. Um, they've moved up two spots. So they're, they're in pure mid-tableness at the moment. Um, and this puts Saints in 16th at the moment. Still a fair way off the drop zone, but you know, can't really string some performances together and not looking too good for them. All right, let's get on to the next one here. It was Watford 1, Chelsea 2, and the Blues really got away with one here, didn't they, Josh? Yeah, I was actually sort of, like I saw, I didn't watch this live. I checked the result and thought, yep, no worries. Then when I sort of went back and watched it, I was, um, yeah, a little bit taken aback. I, I was surprised i didn't watch the entire match i watched the mini match and from that it seemed like watford really had their moments like and were on top for for certain periods and yeah i guess that's the best way to describe it is chelsea kind of got away with one a bit um but like jobber likes to say that's what good teams do on a bad day they get a result and that's a big thing manchester united like to do so um yeah i guess uh, that's that's one manchester weren't involved in this game mate um but i agree with you like chelsea just Chelsea weren't quite at the races and I, I couldn't decide whether or not they weren't playing well or Watford were like overachieving to stay in the game because Watford seemed to have some really good chances and stretched them with Jermaine Dennis and co. Um, but they just didn't take their chances. But you sort of felt like Chelsea mm. was slightly the better team. Um, for the second goal for Chelsea, that touch from Marcus Alonso in the corner was outrageous over his oh, shoulder. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like that, that one. That was nice. That was that very was tasty. Nice. But I, I, um, I think it's a bit of both job. I think it's Watford like playing very well and Chelsea not being up to it. And that's what you sort of got to, got to hope for when you're playing Chelsea as one of these sides is that they come off on a bit of an off day. And I mean, that's like probably four weeks in a row now they've been playing a bit off. So, you know, something's not 
going on going too well for them at the moment. But I mean, they're still pulling out wins. They're still top of the table, so it's not all it's not all doom and gloom. But um, I think for them as well, like you see what how important Thiago Silva is, and they brought him on at halftime because of how shambolic it was in their back line. They were all at sixes and sevens, and he comes in and really steadies the ship a lot. And obviously, his communication is is key to them. Yeah, I think it's um sort of like. With this, I guess, yeah, like that form the last couple of weeks has been not crash hot. It's sort of like the chance for Liverpool and Man City to take advantage of it. Um, obviously, the only way they can at this stage is just by winning their games. But you really feel like if there's ever a time when Chelsea might slip up and, and lose a match or two or get a draw, um, it's going to be in the next like couple of weeks. So as Liverpool supporter, let's hope that happens. Couple of interesting selections in this one too from Tommy Tuchel. So we had a start for Ruben Loftus Cheek, and a start for had a start for Saul. I genuinely oh. forgot he existed. Yeah. yeah, and then he got hooked at halftime again. The two starts he's had, had to. for Chelsea, again, he's yeah. been hooked. He's been had hooked at hook halftime. <laughs> but that's that's, but that's like, do wonders for your confidence. I guess I mean though, he's he's going to be shot to pieces now. I don't think he'll be back in this in the side until maybe Feb next year. That's be hooked at halftime in your first two starts for a club. That's and with like someone as ruthless as as Tuchel, like that's bad for your career. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Alrighty, let's move on to the next game we got here, and that was Everton one, Liverpool four. The Merseyside derby. Liverpool absolutely smashed them in the end. There was a little bit of good and a. But uh, mostly bad from Everton. Jobber, I'll let you in before Josh has his has his place. Yeah, Halsey. Before you start waxing lyrical about how good Liverpool are, um, did you find it like a bit condescending that this game was on a Wednesday morning slash Thursday, a uh, Thursday morning Wednesday night? Like it's a derby. Like, yeah, don't but put it on a, like give the no, fans a chance. I know what you mean. I know what you mean, but I uh, I think everything's basically derby these days. By the way, we judge it. I think um, it was nice to be able to get up and watch it at a, at a decent hour. That was sort of the. I, uh, I didn't enjoy it. You didn't what the no. game or the hour or both. Yeah. Particularly, particularly the game. I really wanted Everton to not be so shit, and they turned up and they were even shitter than what I thought they'd be. <laughs> they actually were shitter than what I thought they'd be as well. And there was times when it had that derby feel about it. There was a bit. Before and after half time, where it was before, bit... before and after kicker or before yeah, and after no, the game, it never, no, it, never, half... it never felt like a derby. It was so one sided. No, well, I mean, there was there was like a about a fifteen minute period where there was some like heavier tackles being laid and and yellow card, a couple of yellow cards given out for tackles rather than the diving, which Everton seemed to be doing a lot more. So that was kind of that. that there was two two yellow cards in that game for diving, and there should have a hundred percent been a third one. There was the one. Uh, Andy Robertson did on the edge of the box and they show the replay and there's like daylight between the legs. Um, so it would have been nice to see a hat trick of yellows, but uh, you know, it's a, it's a easy result aside from the clean sheet. Can't af- ask for much more really. What do you think, Barn? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, it was like Liverpool all the way and then Everton came back for a period of maybe 10 minutes and then it was Liverpool again all the way. And it just looks so easy for them at the moment. I mean, Salah's leading both the goals and the assists in the league at the moment and looks unstoppable and unplayable. I like the way the way he hit that ball was, you know, like you open up your hips and you, you Just, sort of yeah. hit it like you curve the ball around. He curved it like over-under spin. It was the weirdest like spin. He, like Rafa yeah. Nadal. Like a, it was. A it was much, spin, much yeah. like Rafa with that, that Western 45 grip. Just ripping yeah. and, he, and that's what Salah did. 
Um, it was nice. It was nice that we had a chance to see Trent Alexander Arnold's defensive positioning on show um, for the Damari Gray. Yeah, for the Damari Gray goal. But There's a couple of people that were a bit out of position on that one. I'll be honest. Yeah, but, but he, he was the most. Yeah, he was the one that. <laughs> but there was there was just some moments in this game where just the golf was so far. Like Mo Salah getting in behind that easy on someone like. You yeah. can't. You gave him like twenty yards to run into, and then Seamus Coleman. What was he doing as well? Oh. And then the defending for the Jotter goal too. Like that was diabolical. Like it's just a simple touch around the corner, and he's Jotter gets like five yards in the eighteen yard the box, and then the second sh- Jotter's goal. Yeah, that yeah, was actually that was shot, a nice touch though. It was a nice touch, but like if you're a half decent Premier League defender, like you surely you got to be better than that. Allen, yeah, he's not. No. I guess not as sharp as he needs to be. And then the goalkeeper gets beaten at the near post. Near post. And I'm yeah. like, my God, it's just it's it's hard to watch for the neutral who doesn't like Liverpool. That's not really a neutral. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so it was. It and was there was difficult. a lot that there was a lot that uh, Pickford also saved, which could have made it a lot worse too. So, um, yeah, I think uh, Everton are in some terrible form at the moment. They're literally in the worst form in the league. They've lost. Four of the last five games, they could have come up against anyone and probably lost, but they happened to come oh, up right, against Liverpool and just get shellacked. Yeah, that's well. true. Do you do you think um, Liverpool thrive in this like chasing pack mentality? Like they seem because right now, right now they're the best team in the league. Like I know the table says Chelsea are first, but mm. like the way the, the last few are, weeks, yeah, yeah, the way Liverpool are playing is just outrageous. Like I feel like that bit of incentive to chase Chelsea down just makes them go up another level. Yeah, it might because I guess other seasons they've done the similar thing with Man City, and that's pushed them like even more to chase Man City. To be fair, the year that Liverpool won, I don't know how long we were leading the league for, but they. They were similar that year, I think. They were very consistent, but not. I guess not winning like 4-0 all the time. They were winning like two ones and one nils a bit more. I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think if they've got like, if it was like this season where there's three teams that all look like genuine contenders, then it, it's tougher for Liverpool to lead from the front and they, they like prefer to chase. But like, the, yeah, the year they won the league, they were leading basically from start to finish and they didn't really have a, much of a direct challenger. Like City were the closest, I think, and they were still... 15 points off in the end. So I think if they've got a big gap, yeah, that's okay for them. But when it's tighter like this, they're probably better sitting back a little and not having to, to lead from the front. So that's 40, 43 after that result, goals in 14 games now for Liverpool. That's yeah. Fucked. I thought about that today, actually. And that's... like it, the next highest scoring team is Chelsea with 33. So you're like 10 ahead of the next best, which is crazy as well. That's, that's um, two away it, games at Manchester United worth. Like that's that's a lot of goals. <laughs> <laughs> we do you send the in the group chat the the um goal average for the season so far, Jubba? Was that you or was that Shawno? Wouldn't have been me. Would I not remember have been who, me. Someone <laughs> sent it. I, I like looking at that because what like, is it? Liverpool were it's it's 19 currently in the league. So Liverpool were like way above it. So are Chelsea. So are City. And then I had a look, and Tottenham was six below the average. <laughs> below par. In sixth position in the league. What a fucking joke. Far out. Even Arsenal in fifth are below the, uh, below the average as well, which is just crazy. I think we're the second lowest scoring team in the league. Unreal. Yeah, I believe it. Anyway, let's move on to Aston Villa 1, Man City 2. Uh, and for me, this was a real game of two halves. But before we get too far into it, I, this was a big indicator for me that I was watching a City game because within 50 seconds, Man City had done about 20 passes. They had five players in the box and they had a shot on target that probably could have gone in 
That's in the first 50 seconds straight into a corner. I was like, holy shit. And then the first five minutes was just that same thing on repeat. It was unreal. Yeah, I think um, I think in the last pod we predicted, we sort of gave our thoughts on this and, and I and I think maybe um, someone else said that we would just be nice to see, oh, I thought it'd be nice to see Aston Villa keep it respectable. Don't think they're going to win, not even the slightest. But get away with like <laughs> losing by one goal would be respectable. Um, and they've done that, which is good. Uh, so they might have been a little bit lucky at times, definitely. Uh, like you said, Taylor, two halves a little bit. But yeah, I think um, good confidence booster for them, I think, at this type, stage of the season for sure. Like to not get beaten 5-0 by Man City, it's going to do wonders for confidence just to cop the 2-1. But the, they were so close to getting an equaliser as well. I can't, yeah, I yeah, can't yeah. say his name. Um Chuckle. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm <laughs> I was trying Funny, to do you want to translate that for us. I was trying to I was trying to get it off the back of his shirt and I was like, I don't know what to say. But um he had a really good chance. It was amazing safe medicine to um to Oh the young fella, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the young fella, the big fella. Big horse. Um but also a cracking goal from Bernardo Silva. Um yeah. like just outrageous volley. That was so good. That that was a great uh, counter-attacking goal, that one. And just like the lob, nice little lobbed cross for him to just put away was so nice. But I know Silva's like one of the best players in the league at the moment. He's so freaking good. People, one of the best people players in the world. Carried away. Well, people, people aren't getting carried away with his run of form either. I, I think he might be the greatest player in history. <laughs> in the last, at least since 2010. Yeah, in the Bundesliga. Um, (laughs) Like I I was reading, I I, I need to not go through like my social media feed because it's like Bernardo Silva is the best player in the world right now, Ballon d'Or. Messy. Give me sport articles. Yeah. Yeah. Put some respect on his name. Outside of the two teams that were playing, there's another take I got from this game and this is a public service announcement for all the Premier League managers out there. Sort out your fucking hoods, all right? Stop wearing them inside <laughs> out. Pep Guardiola oh. is the worst at it, but he's not the only one, right? Hassan Hultu managed to figure it out. He had his hood the right way. If you can't sort it out, wear a fucking coat like Gerard that doesn't have a hood. I've, yeah. I've had enough. It's gone too far. The assistant coach should be there. Like I know, Barney, we've been out in public at times and I've had a, a collar flicked up or tucked down or a hood inside out and you've sorted me out. Yeah, you're helping you, mate out. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's what they're there for. So, yeah, I agree. I feel like the role of the assistant coach has become quite complex. Um, I thought you were going to give a public <laughs> I thought you were going to give a public service announcement for the Aston Villa fans for booing Jack Grealish. I thought that was way out of line. Probably was. Actually, yeah, no, nah, it's, it's not great. At all, I, I was wondering because he was still he was started on the bench, didn't he? Yeah, he only came on for like last couple of minutes. I felt like yeah, Pep, so, Pep sent him out there just to cop that. Yeah, yeah, just to teach him a <laughs> lesson. But I, I was thinking, do you think he's sitting on the sideline? Like, yeah, he plays for Man City for like this half of the se- third of the season, getting paid a shit ton of money, and that's probably a large factor of why he's gone there to maybe win stuff. But his heart would still have to be with Villa a bit, like his boyhood club and all that. Do you think? There was a part of him that was like happy to see them score the goal and and kind of maybe wouldn't have been upset if they drew or won the game. If he's on what the bench, he's like, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Um, uh, like, but, he's sitting there watching. But it. I think it needs some perspective. Like, I think the people that are booing Aston, like booing Jack Grealish, like just don't understand the football club and the way football mm. works either. Because like Jack Grealish left Villa to go win trophies at 
Manchester City, but he didn't like dig his heels in. He didn't like say, oh, I'm not doing this. Like he got them the best possible price they could get. Like he, he has made the club sustainable for the next like five years. And I, just, I thought it yeah, was really dis- – and 100%. you could see him – I thought it was like really – and I don't really care about the emotional side of things, but like I saw he was like crying. Really? I didn't see that. You are, you are heartless. But <laughs> I, uh, I just couldn't really tell how Jack Grealish was feeling on the bench outside of the 15 different cuts they did straight to him as soon as Man City would have an attack. Yeah, Any oh. little Man City attack or goal or whatever, they just cut straight to, oh, how's Grealish feeling about that? Will he show any emotion or will he hold back? Like, fucking hell. Like any time Alex Ferguson's in a Manchester game. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Ronaldo's on the field. They don't, they, don't, they don't do enough of that, like going back up to Fergie. What's he doing? Oh, he's chewing gum loudly again. <laughs> Is he upset? Yeah. <laughs> Has he been drinking? Yeah, look at the state of his cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> Stay off the Reds, Alex, please. Yeah, no. All right. So that pushes Villa down uh, to 13th and Man City obviously holds second there as well. Um, next one we've got here, Tottenham 2, Brentford nil. What a game this <laughs> was. Right. Probably match of the round, I'd say. Nah, to be, to be serious, <laughs> Job will implode in a second here if I don't go over this. It was a very uneventful match, but good for me because we got a win and a clean sheet, and that's about it for me. Yeah. That's, all, that's all I had. Barney, there was a, there there was a clash. A- there was a clash with the Manchester United game here, so I, did, I only saw the first 15 minutes of this one, and that's all I needed Same. to see. Yeah, so that's all you needed. I checked yeah. it on my app a couple of times, and I saw you 2-0 up, and I thought, yeah, you're safe, mate. I'll keep watching this Man United Arsenal shit. Um, there was a, a few moments, though, that I did see where – uh, the ball was sort of bobbling around, kind of getting cleared, half cleared out, then headed back into the box uh, for Brentford. And it was like, I was like, this is where they're good. They're scrappy. Like the little like reverses, like the ball comes back into the box after it's been cleared and shit like that. Um, that's how they score a lot of their goals. And so I was a bit nervous for you guys, but uh, you held on and um, kept a clean sheet too. So the, uh, the Conte play style is coming through for you guys finally. Or it was a fluke. Guess and, we'll, yeah, we'll never you- know. Nah, it wasn't wasn't a fluke. It was all planned. <laughs> nah, nah. nah, you could um you could really tell that in the second half as well, where they went two 0 up and then just gave Brentford all the possession, basically. I mean, just like <laughs> you guys do with it what you want, and we'll just sit back and defend. So, yeah, I mean, we were we were good to get the two 0 lead, and then just gave up a lot of possession. I mean, that's what you sort of expect from Conte. Um, he's got Harry Kane very much dropping in at like a number ten position, like on most attacks and every counter attack. So. I doubt we'll see him get more than 10 goals this season playing that way. Um, but I think Son is going to score a lot this year. Well, he's going to have to because he's going to win. Harry Kane dropping deeper, also horribly out of form. Um, but he did, play, <laughs> he did play a nice ball through to, I think it was Lucas Moira for Son's goal. That was quite nice. Oh, no, um, it was Reguilon, yeah. I think. It was Reguilon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah. Yeah, that was very nice. I'll give you that. That was very yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I, well. I thought Regan was going to lash at that, and then he put it very calmly across the box. I was like, "Oh, very nice." Not what I was per- done. Perfectly Should waited pass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Jamie Vardy would have. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, let's move on because there's not much else to that game. So it pushes Tottenham up to sixth somehow, uh, but we're there with a the game in hand as well, so we could move into fifth, but we won't find out for a while. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Gross. And <laughs> Brent, Brentford dropped down at twelfth. So. Bastards. Last game we had was 
I don't know what what is this actually technically a derby or is it just like two nah. used to be good teams playing each other thinking they're still good but they're actually shit. Is that oh, the derby? Yeah. I think the phrase you're looking for, Sam, is it's a match of historical significance. Mm. Yeah, I'll give um, you that. If you're, if you're and, a child of the millennium, then this is this match is big for you. I was going to say oh, it's, yeah. it's significance before 2010, though, right? This yeah, is. Before oh, so I don't the, care. All the dirty yeah. money came in. Um, that's, yeah, United. So yeah, when football was, was football. It was United 3, Arsenal 2, and by God, this is back and forth. Both teams were trying to lose it or trying to win it. I couldn't tell. Uh, cracking, yeah. game, cracking game between two teams who um, don't know how to press uh, properly, <laughs> but then they, they also don't know how to play against the press. Um, so there was like big gaps between the defence and like both teams' defence and midfield. So like once you beat the initial press, the whole field was just yours to play in. <laughs> I mean, like that's that's good and all if you like you go figure out how to play a press and that. But that's never gonna work if your keeper's lying on the ground in a ball, not <laughs> not <laughs> yeah, being a keeper. So let's skip off, skip the rest of the game and just just focus on David De Gea for a while <laughs> and how Fred was yet involved again. <laughs> He's a magician, that guy. <laughs> so if for those who didn't see it, there's a corner whipped in by Arsenal. Fred is jostling in the box. Fred walks backwards, steps onto Hayes' uh, ankle. Didn't look that bad, but maybe it could have hurt. I'm not going to blame him. De Gea goes down and it curls up in a ball. Stays down. And stays down <laughs> on a corner. Smith throw, bounces out the Smith throw. He goes, he just lashes it with his left. There's Great no keeper, fantasy. so it goes straight in. And uh, United players are up in arms. Arsenal players are celebrating. And then they just call it as a goal. Because there was no issue After with three it. minutes of VAR, yeah. 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 So, Barney, I've known you for quite some time. Um, yeah. But th- this is the most cowardice thing I've seen in the last oh. 20 years. But like the, So the fact that like I, I get that he's hurt, right? But you're the keeper. Like There's no expectation that you go down and the game stops. Like, it's only if you injure your yeah. head. And like, it's your own player. But the thing that really irked me was that he went down and turned his back. Mm, so yeah. like at least at least stay facing in case something someone does have I don't know a shot and then you can yeah. then you can react like it was so annoying and as a Manchester United fan like I was try I was in a another group chat with some friends trying to argue that they needed disallowed but I was sitting at home being like there's no possible way they could disallow yeah. what is he doing like I think um the commentators said it well and I sort of agree with them as far as the getting to the mindset of De Gea in that moment and um. Because Fred's behind him and he gets stepped on the back of his ankle, sort of. They they're like it seemed like he maybe assumed or thought or took a gamble, as they described it, that it was an Arsenal player and then he would get the foul. So that's why he sort of went down and stayed down, and that the ref would like if it was an Arsenal player who'd quote fouled him and then he stayed down, then then it would get but not not to, allowed. To, to Still point, dumb. You can't do that as the goalkeeper. <laughs> like, no, I agree. Other, other players on the pitch, yeah, okay, maybe. But you definitely can't do that as the goalkeeper. Oh, no, I'm just trying to reason the insanity, um, which, yeah, seems pointless. So um, that was it hilarious. Was, it, wasn't like, it, it wasn't like Smith Rowe's shot was going to be unsavable as well. That was easy save for De Gea if he's standing up being Conscious. a keeper. Yeah. But instead, he's curled up in a nutshell. But um, <laughs> It's like cracked the you, egg on the trampoline. Did you hear the commentator just after halftime? I think it was. He, like, he really went in on De Gea. He's like, if I was an Arsenal player, first thing I'd do would I'd go up and stand on his foot and yeah. see if it's still sore. That was he's such like, a he's good like idea. oh, it's not very sportsmanlike, but, it, you know, you got to do those things these, these days. On the I'm corners. Like, wow, really? Yeah, but that's, that's, that is something that people should do more of, I think. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, like a bit of West Ham treatment. Yeah, like get into it. Like, because I think they're too protected on corners, but that was ridiculous. But, um, Barney, I, I think you moved on to half time too quickly there because Manchester United got back into the game because I felt like Arsenal didn't know what to do after they took the lead. Yeah. For some, for some reason, they just dropped so far back. Um, and there was a, like an air of inevitability about the goal because I don't know why they dropped so far back. Like, they were on top in the game and then they got the goal. They. More or less probably deserved to be leading. They were the better team. How they were leading was a bit ridiculous. But, like, they just dropped off so far for no reason at all. I don't know why they were so negative. Yeah, it seemed like um, after the goal, Arsenal just went down a level. And we're like that for the whole game. So, that's what kind of made it more of an even game, back the back and forth. But, mm-hmm. yeah, the like you said, before the goal, Arsenal were looking slightly better. Um, and, yeah, it was, it was weird. They, they were comfortable. Like it wasn't like they were counterattacking, and so then sitting deep and, and and absorbing the pressure was the style they were doing before. So it was weird to then sort of switch to that and and then not be but good. Yeah, and go on, Bart. I was say both te- both teams did that as well because then as soon as United scored, Arsenal scored two minutes later. So it's like both teams were just dropping off as soon as they'd score. It was yeah, yeah. not 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 a defender's but- game. I don't need to remind you, Sam, but you can't do that with Bruno Fernandez sniffing around, can you? Hey, what a player! Yeah, his beady little teeth. He's um, <laughs> yeah, but he get, gets on the end of one, tucks it home. Great to see. And then um, Cristiano Ronaldo, obviously, he's going to get himself on the score sheet, and then a penalty. Naturally, but I think it was important for the redemption of Fred. So I was watching that one live, and um, the ball comes across into the box to Fred, and he falls over it for the first goal. But then the second goal, he steamed into the box, and watching that live, you're like, that's a pen. I don't need to mm. see VAR. Like, yeah, yeah. That was so stupid it's, from Martin Odegaard. Yeah. yeah. You know how I, I view Fred as like, you know, you see in movies and stuff where there's like an angel and a devil on the shoulder and they're like, it's good and bad. Fred is both of those those people in every situation because he is he is a, <laughs> he is a cause of a lot of good things at United and he's also the cause of a lot of bad things at United. Yeah, that's the thing. I saw well. some of those, those good things he did and I'm like, yeah, but it just doesn't make up for the like because he doesn't do a lot of like howlers, but he he just gives the ball away so goddamn much. Like his his pass accuracy must be like fifty percent. It's just like but, uh, it probably is quite high, but it's the one like you notice those because of the position he plays. Like if you're playing in that position, it's so critical that you're a high percentage user because like mm. if you turn it over, then the back four is exposed. And like as a United fan, every time I see him start, like you can see that little step he does before he's about to do a switch on his right peg, and he's just like, no, no, don't yeah. do it. This is the start and- of the counter attack. <laughs> Not to mention Thomas Partey had him in his back pocket for the first hour as well. It's just like looking him look, making him look like a small child. For 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 the type of role that Fred's meant to play, he he was getting bullied pretty hard. I think that that was what I thought at the time. Sorry, it was. He's good at that role against like mid to lower table teams. Like he he can do that midfield sort of like general type role and ball player a little bit more. But when he comes up against like yeah your Arsenal, Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, West Ham, even with Declan Rice in there, he's gonna he struggles against the actual good midfielders. I think he he just gets lost and and bullied. If you want an unbiased view on Fred, go look at any of the footage from Roy Keane over the past sort of year or two. It's very, very unbiased and <laughs> very, lost. yeah, very thoughtful look at the uh, the young man. Alrighty, that wraps up the midweek games, uh, and that pushed United up to seventh, I believe. It took about one spot potentially their job, yeah, and top half. Arsenal hold their spot at fifth. 
Um, yeah, also pushed Manchester United to a uh, zero goal difference. So we did it. Oof. We're back. We're that's back actually, to square one. That's actually big these days, which yeah, is huge. disgusting. But uh, alrighty, let's look at the games that are happening over the weekend. And so we want to start at the London derby. That is West Ham versus Chelsea, and. I really think the West West Ham are good for potentially a win here with the form that Chelsea are playing in. What do you guys reckon? Yeah, I like I said before, if there's any like a moment to to steal some points off Chelsea, I think it's in the next couple of weeks or, or until they finally get out of this form slump. But then West Ham aren't that far behind Liverpool either. So I'm kind of like the Liverpool supporter in me wants to see a draw. The analysis side of me says it could be a draw. But I don't know. I, I feel like so Chelsea. It's going to be a draw. How many, how, many like points, <laughs> how many points do you think a draw is worth? What do you mean? Like seven? I think there's no, seven no. points behind Liverpool. No, no, that's what I mean. Like it just keeps that top three well in the distance, but allows Liverpool to catch up to Chelsea. So that that would be an ideal result. But I also, yeah, could see this going either way, um, which lends itself to the draw, I guess, if, if you could see the team winning. Um, Either way, I think it's going to be a score draw. Two all, I'm saying. Yeah, there's going to be there's going to be goals in this game for yeah, sure. End to end. And yeah, I'm hoping West Ham can punch a few in on the break, but obviously not the easiest team to hit on the break with those uh, that sort of fight three back line that they play. Yeah, so Chelsea Barney have conceded six goals in 14 games, which is the lowest in the division, and West Ham conceded 17, which I think is the equal fifth or sixth lowest. But it's like it's Fairly low, so I, th- I feel like there's not yeah. a heap of goals in this game because West Ham are going to sit back and try and hit them on the counter. And Chelsea, like, I feel like those two wide defenders really give them an advantage against teams that sit back. Like, they really stretch teams and hurt them, like Reese James and Alonso and whatnot. Um, I don't think West Ham are a chance in this one because Chelsea were able to rest a lot of um, first-teamers during the week and West Ham don't have the size of the squad with that yeah. luxury. So those players are coming back. Like, what was it? When did West Ham play? Yesterday? They had to yeah. back up again Saturday night. Like Chelsea basically are going to roll out a whole new team for this game. So, and Lukaku, is pretty crafty. Yeah, Lukaku is back as well, which is um, pretty handy. So yeah, I, I think Chelsea's job done. I, I thought he might have started yeah. this game. It just, just happened, but I guess this is a bigger game for them. But if you see Timo Werner or Havertz in the lineup, put in your Chelsea uh, fullbacks into your fantasy teams because they're going to be the ones that are scoring, not the Chelsea strikers. <laughs> That is for sure. Um, and a, a shout out as well to Neil Mope um, against the Hammers during the week. What a goal. Oh, yeah. That was real nice. The bike? Yeah. Pretty, pretty clutch too. Yeah. Rather, rather dead. At the point. Well done, Neil. All righty. So next game we've got here, Wolves versus Liverpool. And before he tries to bring it up, Jobber, unfortunately, Adama Traore will not break his duck in this game. He took out some poor woman in the crowd on the weekend, (laughs) and he's actually he's actually up for assault charges at the moment. So I think he might miss this one. Nose reconstruction. (laughs) He smacked her in the chops and smacked the crossbar as well. So it wasn't (laughs) a good day for Adama. But I I I was watching him break through on that, and I was like, he's done it. The duck is finally broken. It uh, wasn't meant to be, but I think he's in good stead for this weekend. So I feel like, I know I've said it a couple of times, but I think this could be the one. But he might be running at Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, so he, yeah. he's definitely a chance. Actually, you know what? This is the week. This is actually the others are all just. <laughs> oh, 
Um, bro, this, this is actually this yeah. actually quite intriguing because Wolves have slowly but surely made their way up the table, and I think we've talked about like the Bruno Large style, and it's sort of becoming Bruno Large's team. So they've snuck up to eighth, um, and they're they're quite difficult to score against. So I think it's an interesting test for them just to see where they're at. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I'm a bit worried with the form Liverpool have. But I think it'll be a really good test to see where Wolves are. If Wolves are in that next tier, then they might be able to go out and put up a good show. If they're lower than we think, they might go out and cop an absolute battering. Yeah, I think um, it will be interesting with the Dharma. I, I swear to God, if he does score this week, I'm going to be livid. But um, yeah, I think with the form of Liverpool and I know, like you said, Wolves can be tough to score against. But if anyone yeah, will be able to score against a tough to score against team, it would probably be Liverpool at the moment. So I'd like to think that we're going to get a couple with the amount of goals we've been scoring lately, take our chances. And um, if we can keep Adama at bay, and um, I imagine they would focus on that as a bit of an issue uh, going into the game and make sure that they account for that and what he can bring to the table. So if we do plan around that properly, I think we'll, we'll be okay. But uh, yeah, you never know. I think he did. He did he start the last game? Cause he's been coming off the bench a bit. He hasn't even been starting recently. Cause um, I think the last one just, but, Chan, yeah, I think, right. starts yeah. up front with uh, Jimenez because he's quite he's uh, quite liked by Bruno. But yeah, I'll be I'm interested to see uh, Liverpool try and break down this Wolves team, and if they if they can achieve it, I think they will eventually get over the line. But it might only be by uh, a couple of goals. I can't I can't even think of Wolves' biggest defeat this season, but it, it wasn't by a lot. Alrighty, next one we've got here is Watford versus Man City. So obviously, Man City are in some rare form at the, at the time being, and Watford are also in a, quite a good bit of form. Just can't string any results together. They played some tough teams recently. Do they have any chance, or is it Man City straight sets here? Uh, no chance, Barney. They'll get absolutely fucking hammered. <laughs> yeah, they've had a shocking run game. lately. Like, <laughs> like you said, they've been in some decent enough form for them, but they've just come up against some tough teams lately. So, yeah, the poor bastards are going to get blown out. I reckon. Yeah, Barney, so this is my uh, analysis match for the week here. So Watford have never beaten Manchester City in the Premier League. Drawn two, lost 10. Uh, they've lost their last 10 against them by an aggregate score of 37-4. to uh, Manchester City are unbeaten in their last 18 meetings with Watford in all competitions. So, That's saying a lot. I, yeah. yeah, there's a so, bit in there, isn't so there? So you're saying there's pretty shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I, couldn't beat I feel like so literally like 15 of of the teams in the Premier League at any one time have that aggregate record against City in the past like 10 matches. It's like 30 goals to two. I, Tottenham have probably got that record against City in the past 10 matches. Like they have that against so many teams. It's just ridiculous now. Absolutely. Yeah, ridiculous. good point. Good point. There's there's a reason for that, and history is generally a good indicator of what's gonna happen <laughs> moving forward. Honestly, I feel like this is gonna be the City 5-0 roll it out again. Oh roll it out again. No. <laughs> no, I don't I don't I don't reckon it will be that bad, but I don't think that Watford will beat them. I think they've they've like they've sort of started to solidify a bit with Ranieri, but they also have conceded a goal in every single one of their last 24 matches, I believe. So they're definitely going to concede again so, for sure. So to win this game, they have to score twice. <laughs> against <laughs> so Man City. It's a little bit harder for them. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't hard enough already. <laughs> exactly. If anyone's going to test Man City's back line, it's going to be Watford. We know that. <laughs> it's not Watford. <laughs> or, or if you're United, you need to score four to beat them. All right, mate. Oh, yeah. 
Speaking of United, let's jump into the next game here. We've got Man United versus Crystal Palace. Does Patrick Vieira come back to haunt United, Jobber? No. No, he does not. Um, Crystal Palace, after showing quite a bit of promise with the amount of draws they've uh, put together, they've actually lost their last two in a row. So, And they... Their games, they haven't played too badly in, but they probably should have won. I'm just going to check. They lost to Leeds United controversially with that Rafinha mm. pen. And they lost to Aston Villa the week before. Drew with Burnley the week before that three also. Their, their form's stuttering a little bit. Um, and Manchester United, new gaffer, Michael Carrick, uh, actually resigned straight after the Arsenal game, like literally five minutes after the game. So undefeated. he's departed. And Ralph undefeated. Yeah, probably the greatest manager in the club's history. Um, <laughs> that was so weird. I saw his statement. It was like he'd been at the helm for like six years and he was stepping away like amicably and stuff. I'm like, mate, you've been in charge for two years. In charge with Carrick, in charge. Sorry, two 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 games. Sorry, 270 two minutes, I yeah. believe it was in total. Um, Ridiculous. But Ralph comes into a pretty exciting time for Manchester United just to see what that's going to look like. Um, and obviously with the win over Arsenal is good for the confidence because Arsenal before the Liverpool game were in a red hot piece of form. I think Manchester United, I think we said just before the Watford game, uh, they should have too much quality, and we ate those words. But I think this time they should have too much quality. Yeah, I think that's the that's kind of been the saying for the last month or so with United is they should have too much quality because they, they do have it on paper. I think, uh, I don't know, like you said, Crystal Palace's form has been stuttering. I feel like... They're going to be that team that like every month, once a month, they're just going to blow out, like just have a great like one week and just like get a good result, upset someone or like get a draw against a big team. I'd love to see it be this week. But like you said, they just, yes, it's just that inconsistency. They play well, like like we say, for like 90, 95% of, of a football match, like what's involved. But sometimes it's just like that. That last 5% of, of getting that goal and, and not conceding a goal is is where they sort of fall flat. So, um. See if they can string it together this week. But, yeah, I think United might be a bit too strong for them overall. Barney, if you're if you're getting on the punt this weekend, uh, Manchester United have conceded in 15 consecutive home games in all competitions. So yeah, maybe I'm, consider that. I'm never fortress. putting Man, Man United into a multi again after what happened last time against Watford. And they'll never feature in this podcast multi again until until we get good enough odds. Let's be real. All righty. Next one we've got here. I know Jabba loves to talk about him. Tottenham versus Norwich. So this should be a straightforward win for us. Or will we make it interesting? Is is, is Tottenham (laughs) us in this matchup or Norwich? Uh, Tottenham is all of us. We are All of us. (laughs) The pod collective. Yeah, I think Tottenham should and will get the win here. But it would. I don't think it's going to happen, but it would be hilarious to see them lose or even draw to be honest Barney I just want to want to make a quick comment here so I'll give you Norwich's last four games beat Brentford 2-1 beat Southampton 2-1 nil all draw with Wolves and then a one all draw with Newcastle during the week I think they're in better form than Spurs coming into this one I'm genuinely concerned for Spurs <laughs> did, did you see that Newcastle game though they were a man up and they looked by far and away the the worst team against a team that hasn't won this season. Yeah, which yeah, <laughs> is embarrassing for them. But they have been better since, especially since uh, Dean Smith's come in. So I'm I'm not too concerned though. I think we'll be too strong for them. But again, another terrible time for a Tottenham game. One a.m. for those Australian fans. Far out. 
Terrible time, terrible team. So yeah, we'll be getting up for that one. <laughs> All right, next match we've got here is Aston Villa versus Leicester. Who wants to step up and do the self-deprecating re- preview of the Leicester City game? I did it last oh, time. Oh, it's the injuries. Come oh, on, Jabba, Brendy's do doing this. Oh, we're not a big the squad team. depth. Yeah, we, we have the funds. Done the squad depth. We, we love shit. the owners. Yeah, <laughs> we were shit during the week. We couldn't. I actually genuinely think this could be Newcastle's chance to get a win. Villa, even though it's Aston Villa playing Leicester oh, City, shit. Newcastle are playing Burnley. <laughs> yeah, I think I think they could win that. But no, yeah, I think, yeah. I think Leicester City is the team that they would have marked in the calendar. <laughs> So what? Yeah, nice. Eddie Howe's just crossing off the days on his calendar on the wall. Like, wait till we play Leicester. We're already relegated. I think I think it's in like two weeks, to be honest. Um, so keep an eye out for that one. We'll have to get out for that one. Yeah, I think uh, I think Aston Villa are going to win this one. Um, I think it's going to be one of those ones that could go either way, and it'll be similar to Arsenal and Man United that happened this week, where it's going to be each team's going to have bouts in ten minute ten minute sort of spells each, back and forth, and. Um, Jamie Vardy's going to bag a double and Aston Villa are going to score three. Yeah, I reckon, I reckon Stevie's got those Villa boys scared. Did you see him like five minutes into that game absolutely rinsing him from the sideline? And he would have absolutely blasted every single one of them at halftime, I reckon. And you could see them come out in the second half, how much better they looked. I'd like, love to see it. I, 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 he's got them running scared, which is good for them. Keep them on their toes. So, yeah, I agree. I think Aston Villa will get away with this one. A nice little squeaky win here, maybe 1-0, 2-1 sort of scoreline. All righty. The last game we want to look at here is Everton versus Arsenal. Oh, if Arsenal ever needed a win, they couldn't have come up against a better team at the moment. Everton are looking shocking, as we mentioned earlier. Arsenal could use a nice win here, pad the stats a little bit. Do you guys see it going the same way? Yeah, I don't really want to talk about this game too much. It doesn't excite me at all, but uh, I think um, Arsenal will get a very comfortable win. Um, when did Everton get... Like all like Calvert Lewin and stuff like that back from injury. Like I guess Richarlison's back now. When's he due back? Don't know. I feel like it's just stage. a bit of a, a confidence boost for him that, that they need because uh, Michael Keane almost put another one in the back of his own net against Liverpool. So I feel he's due for one, um, and I'd love to see it against Arsenal. I, I like um, to give Keane a break when it's against Liverpool because, like, I feel like Liverpool can put a lot of defenders on skates. But when he does, if he does it against Arsenal, then yeah, we'll, we'll let him know about it. Yeah. All right, boys, so Everton have won both Premier League games against Arsenal last season. Uh, Arsenal are without a win in the last three Premier League away games against Everton. But Everton are shit right now. Um, And also it was quite noticeable how Mm. the players that Arsenal actually had on their bench today against Manchester United, like they had some good, like Saka was on the bench, Pepe was on the bench. Lacazette, I think. Lacazette was on the bench. They can bring players in because Aubameyang's having an absolute torrid time of it. So I wouldn't be Yeah, we didn't talk about that enough. He was shocking. No, I put some respect on his name. Um so <laughs> I think they I think this is a really good chance to get back as you said, get back into form. And if they win and West Ham lose, Arsenal can scoot back into the top four. Um an interesting stat mm-hmm. that came out this week was Mikel Arteta's record against the top four teams from last year. He has actually won no games. Um so these are the games they Soft. have to win. Well I think that's just where they are. Like and I don't I don't think that's oh, reflects yeah. poorly on him as a manager. It's just like those top three teams are so good right now, um, and obviously Manchester United, you know they they're rich, so um, that helps. <laughs> but yeah, I think Arsenal Arsenal like, should be able to fill their boots in this one. And like every good rich person, just they just throw money at the problem. That's always the solution. Yeah. 
Alrighty, that wraps up the preview, and I believe, Jabba, you've got a bit of a trivia question for us here at the end. So this one's a bit out of the blue, boys, but I've got a list in front of me of the top five most assists in Premier League history. Mm. In like yeah. one season? No, in the history of the oh, Premier like League. Ever. So, yeah, we're going Across a career. Okay. back. We are going deep into the stats. Past 2010. Know, Past 2010, doesn't include the Bundesliga, so okay. it doesn't really matter. Okay. I'll I'm put screwed. a line, yeah, put a line through Gerd Muller. Um, Shit. But I'm going to start the clock, and you boys can work together, you can work separately. I don't mind. But we'll you together. have you have two minutes to name the top five assist holders um, in the Premier League history. And what drove me to do this was someone said that Lionel Messi got a hat trick of assists. During the week, and I thought <laughs> I thought that was stupid. So it's <laughs> the dumbest um, thing I've ever heard. Yeah. So I'm going to start the clock, boys. You have two minutes to name the top five assist holders in Premier League history. Ready, set, go. I got uh, David Silva. Wrong. Cesc Fabregas. Correct. Uh, uh, De Bruyne. Wrong. Uh, Dwight York or Andy Cole. Wrong, wrong. I don't think Andy Cole ever got an assist, to be honest. You ever seen him play? No, just, he's got goals. He always <laughs> okay. just took shots. Oh, Christian Eriksen? Wrong. Damn it. So Jordan easy, Henderson. Oh, no. <laughs> That's yuck. All right, oh, mate. No. I'm skip. He's not in the top 20. Uh... Oh, Andy geez. Cole's actually Andy Cole's in the top twenty, but he's not in the top five. So is Eric oh, and Barney. So you're you're closer, Halsey. You are miles off. <laughs> yep, yep. All right. Okay, let's rattle through some uh, shit. Who would do any fullbacks? Giggsy. Oh, oh yeah, Giggsy. Giggsy. Yeah. yeah, Ryan Giggs played about a thousand <coughs> matches for Manchester United. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. At number one. All right. Uh, Paul Scholes. Incorrect. Thierry Henry. Incorrect. We're yeah, halfway, boys, and you, you have... Fuck me, dude. You have two. two. I feel what like was it's it? always yeah. hard to figure out the assist ones. Yeah, like uh, you need to think of tens and wingers, I reckon. Um, Hazard? No, it's not a bad one. Thorgan or Eden? Eden, Eden. obviously. Jesus. Yeah, they're both wrong. We said they're Bundesliga. <laughs> Thorgan never played. Yeah, Thorgan never played. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, did he? Never mind. Nah. You've got 30 stop seconds. distracting us. Yeah, stop padding time. Can we get a hint? Uh, shit. Uh, yep, two of them are English. Yeah, you cut yourself off again. Yeah, you ca- <laughs> yeah, say again, mate. Two of them are English. Do we have in Both oh, of Bex, them. Bex. Both Bex. of them were recently dismissed managers as well. Or one of them might still be in his job, but barely. Oh, Lampard. Correct. Gerard. No. He's, so not was, mani- wait, was, he's not a manager Be- in the Premier was, League. Was Beckham one of them? No, he's not. Oh, oh, um, oh I'm going to extend it by 30 seconds. Neville. Gary Neville. That is insane. Absolutely not. He's <laughs> <laughs> thing dismissed managers. All right, so, so he's he's an ugly-ass looking Wa- manager. Waza. Waza. Oh, really? I was That's thinking of him, but I'm like, surely he didn't assist oh, anyone. Oh, did he get dismissed? Yeah. Oh, poor Waza. All right, boys, you've got nine seconds to name the last one. Uh, the hint is he... Where's he from? He's from the Netherlands oh. and didn't like flying. Dirk Hout. Oh, no. didn't I? F- um, Bergkamp? Yeah, correct. There it is. So you've got Giggs, Fabregas, yeah, yeah, Rooney, nice. Lampard, Bergkamp. Were you five? So basically that, that put a line through Shit. anyone who nice. started watching football in 2010. That's why I did it. Yeah. Except, ah, except okay, the Sesk, maybe. 
Just just quickly rattle off the uh, the, the next five for us, just out of interest. Okay, you got David Silva. Oh, no. oh that's, that's, yeah, nice. Okay, Steven Gerrard, James Milner, David oh. Beckham, Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> oh, just outside. Jeez, if you said top ten, I would have smashed the shit out of that. Yeah, we, we went alright. Yeah, yeah, Ashley yeah, Young cool. actually features at number fourteen too, and Nobby Solano is at nineteen. That's a name. Nobby like Solano. Jesus, all Good right. Nobby. Holy crap! Fantastic. Well, Any emails or anything? Probably not. <laughs> Job, no. Just like shit if you're sending them in <laughs> Job has lost the password Sorry no, Sorry look, super fans It's uh, a spreadsheet If you want to get in touch with the show It's uh, footballplayedonpaper at gmail.com Facebook is footballplayedonpaper If you want to get in that meta space um, Instagram at footballplayedonpaper And Twitter is at footballonpaper Pods, Jubba, are you going to explain? Yeah, are you going to explain to us yeah. how to get into the metaverse next week, Jubba? Yeah, I yeah. will. Um, I just Training a seminar on crypto in the meta yeah. next week, so <laughs> <laughs> book your tickets gonna, now. I was gonna, I was going to say once I sell all my crypto for dollars, I will start on the. I'll start conferencing for the meta, but I can't afford that idea. Bad idea. <laughs> Bad idea. Don't sell. Um, <laughs> all right, boys. Have a good weekend. I'll speak to you later. Bye-bye. Some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, rumbles on. Pina colada, large one. Pina colada.